0: I'm Ellen, and you're listening to The Curvy Pod. My mission is to share conversations with entrepreneurial-spirited women and discuss how they break through barriers to live above the curve and create meaning in their life. I'd like to welcome Amanda Henry Blank today from Bra Tada. She is a young entrepreneur. She started the website Bra Tada, which is the agnostic version of Third Love. Do you recall when you had the spark of an idea that became a passion? And was there a specific moment when you decided your passion was worth following? It
1: wasn't really this light bulb moment that you see in the movies. It was more through my own pregnancy and I was getting rather large, unfortunately, (laughs) rather quickly. And I was like, I was fitting into nothing. It was easy to buy leggings and an oversized sweater, but I had no way of buying underwear. Like a bra, I had no idea what my size was. I realized, then that if i was going through all these changes in my own cup size and i didn't know what bra size i was there must be others out there like me so i had this idea that i could create this calculator that would help me figure out my own size and then it kind of progressed from there into oh i bet i could help my friend who's pregnant go shopping like just through this algorithm i bet i can help so-and-so. And And it kind of just snowballed slowly from that. You know, I didn't wake up one day and I was like, you know, bras are it for me. It was more of a a curiosity that just kind of slowly kept building.
0: There's a book, a children's book called I Have an Idea. It's about how an idea is created. And it's a visual of like this little bubble and this little boy who has an idea and then he pushes it away and goes, no, I don't think so it gets a little bit bigger and it follows him around and tries to explain it to some people. And they're like, yeah, no, no, I don't think so. So the boy pushes it away and then it gets even bigger and it gets so big that the boy finally has to take on this idea. So it stops following him and bring it to life. And it's so much how the story of an entrepreneur works, right? It's just something that nags at you. And it's a little bit every day, not every day in the sense of like 24 hours a day, but it's always there in the background and you just can't let it go. You just are like, you know what? I'm going to do this.
1: (laughs) No, that that's a hundred percent. I even, I almost like didn't even want to listen to it. I'm such a risk averse person that I kept wanting to be like, go away, go away, leave me alone. Just like, it literally sounds like my life.
0: Did you have any fear and could you describe it? Did it have a look or a feel or how did you move through some of your fear?
1: Yeah, I mean, so to give you a little background, I was found out I was pregnant my second year of business school. I'd made this huge investment in my education, right? An MBA. I had specifically gone to continue private equity investing. That's like what I was there for. My fear was if I fail at this, the opportunity cost of what I'm giving up is my nest egg or my safety blanket for you know, my future, my kids. So I have fear all the time though. So maybe I'm not like not the best, (laughs) like best entrepreneur, but it's every, it's really every step of the way. And it's, it's more of like an anxiousness. It's like, I hope it doesn't fail. I hope it works. And no matter how many times I have like these little successes or little stepstones, it's like a constant The feeling never changes from day one to day 100. It's that same, I hope it never fails. I hope today is the day that it doesn't fail. I hope today we can keep going on
0: this path. I I agree. It's, um, there is fear every day and that's completely normal. (laughs) And we're sort of facing our fears every day. And when I started my business, I would tell myself, if I made it through the day, it was a success. And that it doesn't matter what happens tomorrow because today I survived
1: so true. And honestly, what helps getting through the day, you asked like what helps moving through it is like talking to other entrepreneurs. Like as a third party, I'll look at someone else's business and I'll say, oh my gosh, I wish I was them. They probably have the easiest day, the easiest life. But then you talk to them and they're like, oh no, it's really hard every day. These are my challenges. So it it makes it more of like a relatable, relatable story.
0: So some of the t- techniques that you use to get through a tough day, if you're having a tough day, well, every day is a tough day. Yeah. Some the a techniques tough day. you use to get through a tough day is to talk to other entrepreneurs to see, to check in.
1: It's it's talking to other entrepreneurs. And if it's not that, it's honestly talking to a lot of my, my teammates who understand, you know what are the challenges, where has the business come, what are the strengths, weaknesses, you know, all of this. And when they are very level-headed and non-anxious, which is their normal state of being, it calms me down. I think I'm, I'm the most anxious out of everybody.
0: And you, I mean, team members, you mean your business school team? Yep. What does success mean to you?
1: It's so funny because Everyone asks you that, right? And you tell your answer to different people. Like talking to an investor, they want you to say like success to me means like I'm the next IPO. But genuinely, I find success if I that day have helped someone else out, like helped out another new mom figure out their bra size. I don't have to sell hundreds of thousands of bras that day to be a success. I just need to know that I helped someone else out that was in my similar boat.
0: Can you describe a perfect day in three words?
1: Effort equals results. So a day when I had positive results that were a direct cause of all this effort I had put into it. It's a day when there's something positive went my way, but it wasn't just because of luck. It was because I worked really hard for that outcome. That's kind of my perfect day because luck will come and go and you can't really control that. You can only really control how much work you put into anything.
0: Do you have a f- current favorite indulgence?
1: Getting a pedicure, which I know sounds pre pre-kids, it was like a monthly, very habitual thing, and now it's like an extreme luxury. Like with or without COVID, it is a luxury to get time to go get a pedicure. It's, that's really it. you, complete, you completely forget pre-COVID. You just appreciate
0: so much more. What advice would you give your younger self?
1: I would tell myself to worry less. I was always that if I didn't get an A, I wasn't, like if I got you know a B plus, it wasn't okay. Like to worry less and do less, that it was all gonna be okay. That being said, in five years, I'll probably say the same thing and I don't think I could take that advice present day. So like, I don't know if I would ever listen to myself. So
0: that's fine. And nobody asks that question. They're like, they would give advice, but would you listen? Because we all say the same thing, right? Stop fussing, right? Yeah. We worry and fuss. And then yet I tell myself, I drive in the car, I bring my kid to school and I, and I remind myself. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm fussing right now. But you're not supposed to, because in five years, you're going to tell yourself not to fuss. And there I am.
1: We are definitely all our own worst critic. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's, a, if it's only a female trait, or both genders, but very self-critical and very, very hard on ourselves.
0: I think it's definitely a female trait and I think we were taught to be that way. Do you have a favorite song, quote, or book that inspires you? I do,
1: I actually have it hanging on my board now. I think I got it with like a pair of tights, but it's from Sarah Blakely, it's from Spanx. And it says, to me, failure is not trying rather than not succeeding which I think is so, it's just so cool. She's awesome. I always tell myself that like, it's okay to fail, but at least try and fail. Don't just not try.
0: Right, and our failures come from, you know, we we make mistakes all the time and that's how we find stuff. Like I work on different things and I was like, well, that didn't work out. I have to find a solution (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because it fails every day. We'd like to hear a little bit about how you're holding up during these challenging times with COVID. So could you tell us a little bit how your life has changed? Pre post COVID experience, besides obviously being pregnant and having twins, which is so yeah.
1: Insane. So you're, I mean, you have to realize like, I I gave birth April 29th which was I think the Wall Street Journal said it was the worst day in the markets. It was like the headline was like worst day in 2020 and it was the week that all the hospitals were panicking because they were becoming over overcrowded. And so my life pre and post covid. Pre-covid I had no babies. I was just pregnant and worrying about this startup and finishing school. Post-covid I have two screaming beans Don't <laughs> worry about. Even without that, like how I, I talk to my friend, my close friends about this all the time, like how we are holding up. I mean, it's really hard. Like even people who don't have kids, even people who have secure jobs, like it's really hard for everybody holding up as best, as best as we can. I think it's just almost like a test of endurance. It's like a The last few miles of a marathon or some sort of race or like a workout class, it's like, you know, you got to get through it. You feel like quitting and giving up. You just got to keep pushing a little bit more and there will be an end. You just got to
0: keep chugging. I feel like, yes, we we have no choice. We have to keep going, right? There's no getting off the treadmill. It's more like a wave, right? (laughs) You're just riding this wave of, okay, it's okay. And then it gets really crazy and then you calm down and then, you know, it's like a shift to the right, a shift to the left. It's all the for me. It's a very visual kind of shaking about and up and down. And you know, I talk to different customers all over the country, and everybody has a different point of view and different feelings. And you ride with them, whatever they're presenting. It's like, whoa, my God! And I get off yeah. the phone sometimes, and I need time just because I have I'm experiencing whatever it is that they're telling me.
1: Have you ever heard of someone who is doing well, like hasn't really been impacted? Because I've n- I've even the people I think that are doing really well are all emotionally impacted, financially, what whatnot.
0: Yeah, I think that this, this whole scenario, this is just my opinion, it's created an emotional civil war. And it's the country is extremely divisive. And our social media is making it even more so. And I think oh, if this so- were happening in a different time, we wouldn't have those same kinds of issues and because of quarantine and becoming so encapsulated in our own little environments we can only see the four walls that we're in you know it was really awful in the springtime right you have these four walls and whatever you were imagining or thinking you had no way to bounce that off reality because you were just in your own space so everything became bigger than it really was more intense part of you know, we were in Massachusetts for a lot of it. And I came back to New York because I felt like I needed that perspective of being in a place and getting some reverberation back to say, it's not all as insane as you think it is in your mind. Like you can get through it and you can, you know, it will be okay. You just have to, you have to problem solve through it. You just can't give up. So what ends up happening is that those of us that survive it, we're constantly problem solving due to little failures. This is what it's all about. And that's who's going to be successful. Like, you know, our businesses may look really different in a few years' time than they look today or the way we approach business. But that's because we're going to do whatever we can to survive. People have to reinvent themselves. We have to find a way. We can't give up. One of the things that will come out of this is that there will be more entrepreneurs because more people are going to have to figure out how to survive within their home, their community, you know, their larger community. Life will just force people to be entrepreneurs, which is great. Because the country will run better with more entrepreneurs.
1: I just wanted to piggyback from like the question, because I'm so curious for you, Amanda. In New York, I know during that time, no husbands were allowed to go to the hospital with their wives. So I can't even imagine as a first time mom, first of all, going through a whole pandemic, basically by yourself with no help of family and friends. And then also the worry of if your husband was able to be there, how did that work for you? we basically didn't leave the house and by basically like i like gi- legitimately only to walk the dog and then right back it was nerve-wracking it was oddly there was a there was like a calm and a peacefulness to it that, at the same time because it sounds so weird but it was there was absolutely nothing i could do about the externalities i could only control if i or my husband got sick and as long as I felt like I was managing that, everything else is just going to be like, I can't control if there's going to be a hospital bed for myself. Like, I can't control absolutely anything. So it was almost chillingly relaxing, knowing that I had less to worry about, if that made sense. If that makes any sense. I, it was. I literally only had to worry about one thing and that was preventing getting sick.
0: Did your husband <laughs> come with you to the hospital when you gave birth? He did.
1: He did. I was induced, so that was awful. If, you know, if anybody's ever been induced, you know what I mean. I he came with me. Honestly, the hospital was very I felt very safe there, oddly. I didn't think I was going to because you know, COVID, but I felt very safe. I've always had this mentality that if I were to ever have a stroke or a heart attack, I'd rather do it inside in hospital (laughs) than, than anywhere else because there's so many doctors there that could just save my life. It wasn't like the movies. I had to wear a mask during labor. It happened. And I think that just means next time it will seem super easy.
0: When you got pregnant, was that a plan? Do you have like a timeline plan, or are you no. just are you playing it as it, no, as it goes? No, we
1: got pregnant as a surprise. It wasn't a plan during business school. It wasn't a plan as I was running a, a company. But I was oddly very happy because I don't think there would ever be a time like, especially now, knowing how hard it is to run a business. Like there, there are days when I don't feel like I have time to go work out. You know, there's so many other things I could be doing. And so I almost feel like like a happenstance, a very happy coincidence. Because if it, if it didn't happen, I don't think I would ever feel ready because, you know, you just focus so much on your career and what your other goals are, not yourself ever.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's hard to have a calendar of events because you can't really control it. Are there specific tools or resources that you've been using to get through the quarantine?
1: Honestly, I've got a Peloton I'm not like the, I'm going to go run a marathon. I'm a daily six mile runner. I find some of these Peloton instructor personalities hilarious and so motivating that sometimes I think I'll do like a 20 minute ride and I feel like they're talking to me. It helps me feel like more energized. I wish I could say I'm like getting into like amazing shape, but then I like go and eat pasta. So it's not it very is it's counterbalancing, but I do love these rides a lot.
0: We have a few rapid fire questions here which I didn't send to you so you can couldn't think about them. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Ready? Sex or sleep?
1: Sleep. I feel so bad saying that. I'm no, like, so sweet, not-
0: surprised no i think that it's completely normal bra or no bra
1: bra I, le- I legitimately have to wear a bra the people that don't wear bras i envy them because i kind of think that must be very freeing but i've always had such a, a large chest that i mean if i didn't wear a bra my boobs would be down by kneecaps by now
0: i agree i i have to i have to wear the bra there is no no bra a whole day off or an hour each day one day netflix or chill
1: Netflix. You said you, you watch Shit's Creek. Have you seen that show, Working
0: Moms? No, but I, I'll put it down because I'm almost done with Shit's Creek.
1: Every episode, it is me. It's so funny.
0: Feed your child or do laundry?
1: Laundry, because it goes faster. I would rather just put it in the, the washing machine and press start. A
0: home-cooked meal or
1: order in? Who's cooking? Is it me cooking? Because then I'd rather order. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't... A home-cooked meal, I'll make yogurt
0: and granola in a bowl.
1: I'd rather rather order in, although I will say I can never decide what to order. So it's really hard.
0: Texting or calling?
1: I prefer texting only because I can multitask. Calling for me means I have to go find an hour and sit down somewhere. And that hour is really hard to find.
0: I totally agree. Journaling or reading?
1: Reading. I love to read It's funny though I love to read nonfiction.
0: My bedside table is loaded with nonfiction, and my daughter's like, "Don't you read anything for fun?" I'm like, I- these are for fun.
1: If I were reading fiction, I'd probably watch a movie instead, but that's just me personally. Work never or forever Ooh, tricky, tricky, tricky. I think work never, but then have a hobby <laughs> Isn't that fair like you can have a that's hobby. Really- <laughs> that could be forever, forever. And it could possibly be a bra website.
0: Do you believe in love at first sight?
1: Maybe for some people. When I met my husband, it took me a while to like, like him. I wasn't like, oh yeah, you know, I opened the door. This is him. I was like, okay, like, I guess you can take me to dinner. Like, I guess you can walk me home. It wasn't like, oh yes, dream. But I I think it happens to some people.
0: I also think that you can fall in love many times. Like there's not just a one I agree. one time. It's not a one time. Thank you for listening to the Curvy Pod. Let's continue living above the curve.